Go to King. King will barge over. Will he get it down? Yes, he does. There's the premiership. Wilson runs to the line. He's got Buxton with him. It's been put on the toe. It's going to be to try. Joy Jobson's got the try. Window get their second. You're listening to Lee Carson, Newcastle Hunters Home Rugby League. Welcome back to another episode of League Castle. I am, of course, your host, Chris McPherson, and we are back for the 12th episode of 2021, and we've got a big episode in front of us. Uh, we will be kicking off, of course, with our regular segment covering off on Newcastle Rugby League and all the stats that go with it, and uh, then we'll get into the Newcastle and Hunter Rugby League with Reese Ryan from the Morissette Bulls. Uh, we'll go deep into the Newcastle Rugby League slash Denton Engineering Cup with none other than... Uh, Man of the moment for the uh, Central Newcastle Butcher Boys, Cameron Spider Anderson. And then we'll wrap it up with our NRL tips with myself and our NRL inside expert, Josh Spiegelman. So a bumper episode ahead. Of course, make sure to keep checking out our social media channels, Leadcastle AUS on Facebook, Leadcastle AU on Twitter and Instagram. We'll continue trying to get content up there as much as we can. And if there's uh, anyone out there that's uh, involved with some of these clubs that would like to be involved with the show or you've got some uh, other content to get engaged with the show, then reach out to us uh, either via those previously mentioned social media channels or leadcastleau at gmail.com. But for the time being, let's sit back, enjoy and listen in to this week's show. All right, time to kick off another episode with our first segment. And as it has been for a number of weeks now, uh, although after a little bit of a break with the bye weekend, we are rejoined by our resident stats guru, uh, Josh Spiegelman. Welcome back, mate. Uh, How was the holiday? Yeah, good, Chris. Thanks, mate. Feeling all refreshed after a good week off and I'm ready to delve into these numbers, which have a fair bit to go through this week. Some great performers, so let's get into it. Let's get into it, mate. The 3-2-1 of the stats man, his stats performers of the week. And then we'll get a wrap of the leaderboard after that. So let's start, mate. Uh, Cessnock Goenna's 28, defeating the Entrance Tigers 22 up there at Baddeley Park. Yeah, Cessnock got up early in this match, 28-6, and it looked like it could get pretty ugly for the Entrance. But they did make a comeback. They scored, I think, 16 unanswered points. But, uh, yeah, obviously, Cessnock held on for the win there. Uh, these are two sides I don't go in-depth for for the stats, but I, I did watch the highlight package c- courtesy of uh, Sports TV, and I've come up with 3-2-1, and it's no surprise who gets the three points here against Adrian Davis, the half for Cessnock. He had the ball on a string all match. He had two try assists, and he also scored a try of his own where he did it all by himself as well, so another three points for Davis there. He is looking more and more dangerous week by week, AJ Davis, isn't he? He's just... Uh... Look, you know, I, I don't think he'll mind me saying he wasn't quite at peak fitness at the start of the season, but he's just getting fitter and fitter and uh, finding his range more week by week. And look, if he keeps improving at this rate, he will be hard to uh, beat because that certainly has to put him up amongst the, the leaderboard. But, mate, who else has picked up points there? Yeah, another Cessnock guy here, Tyron Roberts-Davis for the two points. He got a try and a try assist of his own. And he had some strong runs throughout the match, which were highlighted in the package. So, yeah, Cessnock get the three and the two. And then we'll move on just to the one point. And I, I gave it to the entrance as hooker, Matthew Killick. He had a try assist and he also had a great line break that I noticed as well, mate. A, a lot of tackles too. So that's the 3-2-1. Davis, Roberts Davis and Matthew Killick. And Matty Killick also stepping up as the goal kicker now with Manolato having retired. So uh, 
uh, extra pressure on the skipper's shoulders there, but uh, three from four. Um, and, yeah, so good to see him uh, leading from the front, mate. We'll skip on to the second game of the weekend, also on Saturday, and it was Curry Bulldogs. Again, a, a fairly close game. Uh, they ran out victors 24 points to 16. Uh, a little bit of a, a rear guard action from South with a uh, couple of late tries that probably had a bit of respect after Curry had the uh, best of the early running. Yeah, exactly, mate. I thought South did stick with them pretty tough throughout the match. But, yeah, Curry's class did shine through in periods and they got the win, obviously. Um, 3-2-1 points for this game. We're going to go three points to Curry's Tyler Randall. He definitely showed why he played over 80 games across the NRL and the Super League. So he got my three points. He, he scored two tries of his own. He had a try assist, two line breaks, a line break assist. He also kicked a 40-20. And he was great around the ruck. So, yeah, he was um, key for Curry with ball in hand. And he now moves up to eight points on the leaderboard, which we'll get to later. Yeah, certainly it has been a standout. And that experience uh, has been strong for Curry so far. Mate, who picks up the minor placings there in the uh, win for the Bulldogs over the Lions? Yeah, two points to Cade Hardy, Curry's fullback. He scored a try and had two line breaks. He was also safe at the back with some good kick returns. Obviously, don't do the stats for Curry, but yeah, noted these down as I went along. And then I gave a point to South half, Jason Keelan. He did, he did pretty well in a beaten side with two try assists and three line break assists. He also had some good effort stats too with um, kick pressures and chases. And as a half, I was impressed where he made 25 tackles at 93% effectiveness. So good effort by Keelan there. That is strong from uh, Jason Keelan there. And, uh, look, he's, he's one of those Mr. Consistent performers, isn't he? But he's certainly uh, missed his partner in crime this season so far in Ryan Glanville. So uh, hopefully we'll see Ryan back before the end of the season from that torn peck. Uh, while we're just running through the stats, mate, I will note and a name that would be familiar to you from your years of following the Newcastle Rugby League, making it a, a re, re-return again to Curry after, I might start calling him uh, John Farnham, Sammy Wooden, one of the country's, uh, a strong country representative player over a number of years, probably for the last 12 to 14 years that he's, he's been in and around the country rugby league scene. But back at Curry again, uh, helping out. They're a bit light in the halves and, and, and he's popped back up, Sammy Wooden. So a good acquisition for them, mate. Yeah, good acquisition. Like you said, the experience there will serve them well. They've got a couple of experienced players now and that's going to play give it a role coming into the back of the season when Curry want to make a push for the final. Certainly is, and that's something that we'll need to get underway soon as they sit a couple of wins outside of the uh, top five at the moment. This next one, it was an absolute humdinger. I know they're two of the sides that you do some work with, mate. It was the Maitland Pickers 20, Pipping Macquarie 18. Macquarie's second close loss in a row, and uh, the Pickers, they keep going on from strength to strength, and they've got a game in hand and sit only two points off competition leaders central, mate. So what did you make of this one, and, and who were the standouts? Yeah, it was a ripper of a game, like you said, mate, that came down to the wire. I think a potential grand final matchup, obviously not taking anyone from Central and the other clubs, but if, if this was a grand final, I'd obviously pay to see it. It'd be fantastic. I mean, I could wax lyrical over most players in this match, stats-wise, from both teams. It was pretty hard to nail down a 3-2-1, but um, if we're going to do that, we're going to do it. So I'm going to give three points. I couldn't go past Brock Lamb, the Maitland half. Just influential, absolutely, again. Two try assists, two line break assists, one try contribution, which is a key touch. Three tackle breaks and 90% kick effectiveness, which is obviously very important in a close win. Yeah, he certainly has been a standout on a number of occasions in the tight games for them. Uh, might be doing a little bit of extra goal-kicking practice at training, though, after only kicking at 50% on the weekend. So if um, if you can find a, a small chink in his armour, that might be the only one after that uh, display he put in on uh, Saturday last uh, against the Scorps. Yeah, definitely, mate. I think a few of them were from out wide as well, so give him a bit of 
leeway there. But yeah, in a close match, I'm sure we'll be practicing that during the week because they'll love close matches, obviously, in the finals as well. They certainly will, uh, and undoubtedly a cracker this week against Central, who we'll get to in a moment. But who picked up the minor placings, the two and the one points here in the two-point loss for the Scorps against the Pickers at Maitland Sports Ground? Yeah, I gave um, two points to Carrot Holland here, obviously the Scorps fullback. He had a pretty quiet first half, but he absolutely came alive in the second. Across the whole match, he, he topped the 207 metres off 18 carries, so great effort from the back. Ten tackle busts, five offloads, and three line breaks. So on paper, probably the best stats of the match, but couldn't go past Lamb, as I said, in the win there because he was just that influential. But as you noted the other week, sometimes the listeners want to hear the super coach. I did a quick calculation for Holland, and he would have scored 98 points here for super coach. So quite good. Would have had to, you would have liked to have had the C next to his name uh, if uh, you had the Newcastle Rugby League or the Denton Engineering Cup super coach going on, mate. Uh, but who's picked up the one point to join the two ex-NRL players in Lamb and Holland on the uh, podium for the points after the Pickers and Scorps? Yeah, well, it's another very experienced player in his own right, James Taylor. He had 19 runs for 196 metres. That's NRL numbers right there. And also 39 tackles at 89%. So that's a huge spin in the middle. He also broke three tackles and he made a line break. So huge numbers from the big prop forward there. They certainly are some really big numbers uh, for him to be putting up through that middle. And it would have been a fairly physical one with the two packs we've talked about, you know, the likes of Luke Higgins and co. that have been starring for the Scorps. So... It would have been. And just uh, uh, before we move on, mate, I know you're going to go on to the Wine West game, but just a shout out to Liam Higgins. I did hear you last week, mate, and um, <laughs> I'm shouting out his work in the middle. He made 23 tackles at 96% effectiveness. So, Liam Higgins, mate, well done, and I'll be looking out for you in the future, don't you worry? Yeah, lovely, mate. Uh, good, good to see you listening back when, when you're on holidays and having a spell from the show, mate. So uh, I'm sure Higo will appreciate that. Uh, he tells me not only uh, does he need some more shout-outs, but he's also the better-looking brother I'm hearing. So um, <laughs> I, I do think that's pretty pretty uh, pretty low bar when you've got a prop in the family, and that's coming from an ex-prop myself. So, uh, mate, uh, let's move on. You did pick it. It's uh, The next one up is the upset win for many. West chalking their first... Uh, w of the campaign, 18-4, to four, a two-try-to-one victory over the Wyongaroos down there at Wyong. Uh, unfortunately, uh, Mitch Williams won't be really happy with that and they'll have a lot of work to do. But who were the standouts in this one, mate? Uh, it's a low scoring, as I said, only the three tries, plenty of penalty goals to um, get the gap for the Rosellas. Yeah, thanks, mate. The, uh, this game, again, I don't do the stats three the same, but having a look through the highlights, um, I go three points to West Logan Radzovich. Apologies if I'm not saying that name correctly. Uh, you can correct me, Chris. Uh, I think that's pretty pretty close. And uh, look, I just want to, while, while we're on him and before you, you, you run through his uh, his highlights, mate, I want to mention that he was the man, I'm pretty sure, that uh, kicked the golden point field goal to win the uh, grand final last year in reserve grade for West. So he's certainly taken a step up and... Uh, a personal tally there of, of 10 points. As I said, a few penalty goals as well it would be the uh, the first of his stats, mate. But what else have you got in terms of uh, his performance in the highlights? What do we see from him? Yeah, I was going to focus on his work with the boot, mate. It's a good transition there from his work in the grand final last year. But obviously, as you noted, 10 points. So three from three penalty goals, two from two conversions in a tight contest, basically basically won them the game. And he also had the try assist for West's last try. So that, that put him at three points for me there. He was involved. Lovely, mate. And uh, the minor placings there for the Ruse versus Rosellas. Yeah, two points I gave for West Centre. Heath Gibbs, his opening try in the first few minutes was just raw power. He ran about 40 metres and he broke about four tackles through yeah, four wiring defenders in the process. So that run and a few other strong ones I saw in the, the highlight package gave him two points. And then one point to Wyong's full, uh, fullback Lincoln 
Herberty, who had the try assist for their only try, and he also looked to have some strong carries from the back for them. That's actually one of the first times this year we haven't seen from Wyong either Mitch Williams or Terence C.U.C. or amongst the points. So I'm sure that one of those two experienced men will rectify that next week, mate. We'll move on to the last game, and, and I'll be catching up with Cameron Anderson from uh, Central Newcastle. And I know he's certainly featured fairly well over the season so far. But it was Central Newcastle, 48-10. to 10. They ran away winners late in the last 25 minutes. It was an arm wrestle. Uh, the score might flatter them a little bit, but it was an arm wrestle, as I said, for the first 55, and then Central just blew them away. And uh, I don't doubt that the man who pulled most of the strings in that will feature fairly heavily, uh, I'm guessing either with three or two points, the uh, ex-NRL halfback. Yeah, you're right, mate. It was a close game in the first half. I think it was 12-4 at half time. Obviously, you had a good view of this match being there yourself on the sidelines. Um, yeah, it was positive signs for Lakes in the first half. I thought they were... Good um, around the play the balls, quick play the balls, good rough speed. Also, I've noted they lost their starting hook at Temple Kalipo in the first 10 minutes, so that didn't help them at all. Um, and before we get into those points, we should mention central sub Mitch Williams with the hat trick off the bench. I know you were talking about that after the game. Um, he's not getting a point today, which is, seems massively unfair, but I do look for things more than tries, so uh, give him some props. And also, I thought uh, UT Baker from central off the bench, he was a force. He forced several errors. Played huge minutes in the middle. Um, so just shout out to those two boys who aren't getting the points but deserve it. Um, so we're going to the points, mate. And, um, yeah, three points, like you mentioned, to Luke Walsh, who, like Brock Lamb in the Maitland game, he just showed his class and experience. He, um, he got an early spell from the match, but he still managed a try assist, try contribution, two line break assists, a forced dropout, and six from six conversions. Would have been scary to think what he would have done if he played the final 13 minutes, mate. Yeah, exactly. He could have racked up a few more considering Central did run away with it a bit at the end there. Um, so I transition to the uh, two points now. Yeah, mate. Fire away. Keep going. Yeah, so special guest on the show this week, Spider Cameron Anderson. He's going to get the two points for me this week. He had um, two try assists and I'll just note uh, he would have had three, but good friend of the show and your mate, Tim Christie, dropped his lollies there on one of those tries. I, I, so, I've um, left, that, left that well enough alone, but... Um, you know, obviously, obviously for some inside intel that I've got from Phil, Phil Williams and the Central crew this week, Phil was that, that unhappy with his wingers finishing that he's moved him closer into the middle so that he's not involved in that sort of stuff. So he'll be playing the centres <laughs> this week, Tim Christie, to avoid another another bomb try, which sees him off the top 10 try scorers leaderboard. Uh, he's, I think his spot's been taken by Tim Nawakatabu, a prop from the entrance. So, Timmy Christie, some work to be done. <laughs> yeah, I won't touch that any further, but just touching on Spider again, he also had the two line break assists and a line break of his own. I, did, I don't call tackle bus. Obviously, I don't do centrals in depth stats this season, but he definitely picks up a bunch of tackle breaks. And um, yeah, he climbs to the, well, top of the, equal top of the leaderboard that we'll get to soon. But uh, rounding off the points for this match, I gave a point to Dom Murphy, um, who's hard done by not to get more here. Central's centre. Usually, I think he was a lock for the last few years. Is that right? A second row? Yeah, lock and, lock and back row. That's correct, yeah. Yeah, so he scored a double, obviously, with a two-line break as well. And he also had a try assist of his own. So it's a couple with a solid defense and um, also nailed a conversion from out wide at the end of the match to put the icing on the cake on his day. Couldn't pass up giving him a point. Yeah, I'm sure Dom, Dom will be happy to remind us, just like Cody Bryant was, that uh, both 100% in this game with the boot, um, as, as was Luke Walsh. It was a good day off the tee for the Central boys and not all of them easy conversion attempts. So... Uh, look, it was one of those games where you could have picked a number of players. There were some good players for Lakes as well. The one thing I do want to mention out of this, um, I'm not sure how, how aware people are of sort of the process that 
it's involved with the refereeing and stuff. And I know from your point of view, mate, you'll be probably have a little bit of interest. You'll know some of it. Um, we, we go through and, and pull back apart the games and look at all the decisions that were made, etc., in, in our matches. And I just have to give a shout out. There was a, a little bit of a, a scuffle at one point in the game uh, between Spider and Sean Boss, which I'm not sure about, you know, Spider's fighting aspirations, but he seems to have bigger goals, <laughs> bigger goals than Paul Gallen um, if he's going to be picking fights with the front row. But I did love from Paul Arundel and the Bar TV Sports Boys uh, when they said uh, this match official report or this touch judge report brought to you by League Castle. So good to see the show getting a mention on the Bar TV um, coverage, which was very nice of Paul and uh, the, and Dave Wild, who's actually joined the refereeing fraternity this year. So uh, I did have a good chuckle when I went back through and, and, and heard that. And I know, you, mate, you, you pointed it out as well. So... Um, That's great. Yeah, it's, it's, it's good banter from the boys. So uh, we look, look forward to seeing where else we can get the uh, show's name plugged into in uh, in the wider media cir- uh, uh, circles. Yeah, definitely, mate. That was, uh, I, yeah, when I was doing the stats, I chuckled to myself too. That was great to see. So, yeah, onwards and upwards the league, Castle, mate. Let's spread the word. That's it, mate. Ne- next stop, Fox, Fox League, right? <laughs> One can hope. All right, mate, let's go through. We might uh, go in reverse order. I'll... Um, We've got um, sort of some bands of players here. We've got we've got a few. Th- we've got three, three, two, and and then three. So I might start with the three on six points, mate. We talked about him before. Big James Taylor from Maitland has snuck up onto six points, uh, three points away from the lead, alongside Terence C who we talked about, and uh, his fellow Central Coast five eight Will Pearsall from the entrance on six points, mate. Uh, above them, who have we got? Yeah, we go up the seven point bracket now. Mitch Williams obviously didn't pick a point up this week, so stays on seven. Luke Walsh has jumped up three points into seven points as well. And fellow Luke, Luke Higgins from Macquarie is at seven points also. So three great players there on seven. And then we move into the eight-point bracket. We've got two players there. Tyler Randall jumps up with his three points uh, from Curry's victory over South Newcastle. And uh, the second best-looking man in the back line out there at the Macquarie Scorpions, Roycey Jeffrey, uh, is up there on eight points still. So right amongst it. But... We've got a three-way tie for the lead, mate, and um, it's, a, it's an absolute cracking photo when we put the uh, leaderboard up a little bit later. But uh, who, who are our three men all tied up? They all picked up some major points this week. Yeah, they did, mate. So we got Brock Lamb on nine points, but uh, obviously he has a game in hand, so we'll note that down. But it is very tough to get points in that Maitland side with those performers across the park. Then we've got Adrian Davis, we mentioned before, on nine points from Cessnock. And then special guest of the show this week, Spider Cameron Anderson on nine points as well. So very tight race there. And um, yeah, the players list only grows longer with people getting points this week. Yeah, it certainly does, mate. It's getting more and more there. And um, while, we're, while we're running through the stats as well, I know it's not a stat that you normally keep, mate, but I've uh, been tracking the uh, the try scorers in the, uh, uh, the Newcastle Rugby League so far. And I've got another little competition stat that I pulled out uh, which I'll run through in a moment that goes outside of the Newcastle Rugby League, but I thought worth shouting out. But the try scorers here, uh, we've got Perry LeBrock still leading on nine, Joe Woodbury and James Bradley, the Flyers on eight, back to Royce Jeffrey on seven, and we've got a host of players back on five, uh, and about a dozen players on four, and plenty back going into the threes, twos, and ones. So um, certainly anyone's game, out there, but you'd think one of those top four at the moment, it would certainly be in the box seat, especially with the points that... Macquarie and Maitland have in them, although Cam Anderson will undoubtedly have his eye on that spot, although he's a few tries back, mate. So you got any, any Smokies that you think could uh, make a charge up the try scorers leaderboard late in the year? Oh, I haven't looked into the Smokies, mate, but if we go back to that game in hand situation for a few of those clubs, we have to take that into account too. It's pretty hard to go past those Maitland wingers being on the back of that back line with Brock Lamb and those 
and at the back of those forwards, mate. So if I put my money on a player, it'd have to be probably a Maitland winger at the moment. Mate, I'm, I'm still uh, saying Zane Ricketts, our smoky. He's the, he's our man from Wild. Five tries in, in the two games he's played. If he can he's get a bit of game time, he's dangerous. So, that's it. He's got to play it. Right, that's it. So the, the other one I wanted to just give a shout-out to, we were having a bit of a conversation. Uh, we like to give the girls' game a little bit of coverage, mate, and uh, it's the women's tackle. I went back through and pulled the stats on the leading point scorers, and uh, after, I think it's six rounds of the competition, it is neck and neck, 38 points each. West Newcastle's at Ash Harvey, formerly out of Aberglasson, and Tani Milgate in her first year of tackle rugby league from Central on 38 points. So, uh, and, and funnily enough, those two sides clash this week. You then go back to Amy Waterhouse, from South Newcastle on 32 and Courtney Jago on 28 from uh, Berkeley Vale. So any, anyone's there, the ladies' leading point scorer, but we'll uh, keep that one updated as well because we do like to give a bit of coverage to the, the girls' footy while we're talking stats, mate. Uh, it, it's it's ever-growing and it's great to see some of the girls getting amongst it. Yeah, that's fantastic, mate. It's always great to grow, grow the game in the women's space as well. And, um, yeah, if you need any help crawling those stats, mate, just give us a shout. I'll be more than happy to help. Yeah, mate, we'll keep getting amongst it. The other thing I will have this week is our resident bookmaker, one of my former colleagues from my uh, bookmaking days, has uh, been looking at some results and getting some thoughts from different people around the traps. And we will have in the next 10 days, so before the kickoff of the second round of the Denton Engineering Cup, we will have the theoretical betting odds back, which I, I know will uh, excite you, mate. You and I like to talk about the the chances and probabilities and all those other fun things that go in for us stats nerds. But uh, it'd be great to see what the what the guru can uh, can spit out for us and uh, where, he, where he stacks it up. But uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised. I would suggest there'll be three or four sides that uh, are the usual suspects that'll be right up amongst it. And then uh, all the others, as, as, I talk, as I'll talk about with Cam Anderson later on, everyone's still within striking distance if they can get a bit of a run on. Yeah, definitely, mate. That's very exciting news. I wonder if he takes bets as well as frames the markets, but... Yeah, well, just in one case, day on. Just in case there's any any police or government officials listening, we'll say no. Uh, <laughs> that's a, that's a question for the comments. I know it, it set it set a bit of fury last year and a bit of excitement and interest. So we need to just uh, really work hard. And I had we did have one bookmaking agency that we talked to, but they just too volatile a market. I think was the end end discussion. Uh, but anyway, there's lots of reasons for that. Uh, but we'll leave that alone. But it's good to have it. It gives a bit of incentive. And, you know, those teams that have been written off will get a bit of spark from it. Those teams that are favourites will enjoy it. And we'll wait and see what he comes up with in the next week or so, hopefully before this round. But if not, it'll be up and ready for the round after. So, mate, um, we might take a bit of a spell. And I, I think uh, if you're keen to hang around, mate, uh, after I've caught up with Spider and also Reese Ryan from Morissette, we might have a, a really brief chat to wrap up the show uh, talking NRL. Sounds great, mate. I'll speak to you soon. All right, we're at that part of the show where we are digging into the Newcastle and Hunnett Community Rugby League and this week we are looking at the C-grade men's competition and we are fortunate enough to be joined by a man that's uh, become a little bit of a, a semi-regular over the last couple of years on the show, none other than Reese Ryan, the captain coach of the Morissette Bulls. Uh, thanks for joining us tonight, Reese. Fresh out of uh, fresh off your deathbed almost, I'm hearing. Yeah, mate, yeah. Yeah, I'm happy to be on. Mate, um, the Bulls... A little bit uh, of an up and down time. You started in the, uh, I think it was the Southern Conference competition to kick off with, and uh, now you've uh, been pushed up into C grade again, and you've managed to chalk a few wins now that you're back there, including a good win last week, mate, uh, last Friday night. Yeah, yeah, we um, we're putting Southern Conference, which I thought we were sort of that was our 
where we're meant to be. Um, we got pushed up into C grade, so we just had to go and recruit as many blokes as we could, and we were pretty lucky to jag a few a few blokes who were of the C grade standard. Um, and yeah, we've uh, had a pretty pretty tough run with injuries to start, but um, we got a fair few back last week, and they're slowly starting to trickle back into the side, which is really really much of positive for us. And mates, I see uh, when you're not uh, having Friday night footy uh, at downtown Walters Park, you're also uh, managing from the hill to uh, steer Tookley to uh, upset victories over rivals Wyong in the Central Coast Rugby League as well. Oh, mate, there's nothing, there's nothing quite like hurling abuse at Wyong. <laughs> you're a bit like Cameron Smith. They keep winning, so you've got to hate them. Yeah, well, it wasn't the case uh, on the weekend. Made a big win for Tookley, uh, your old club mate, 38-0. So we'll give them a bit of a shout-out first of all because that's... Uh, not often the result in the, in that clash, so the uh, the Hawks will be very happy with that result, mate. Yeah, definitely. They um one of my one of my good mates, Trent Walker, played his hundredth first grade game. Um, so yeah, we went down and had a bit of a sticky beak at that, and thankfully the boys got up got up for the game and got him a good win. Yeah, lovely, mate. Uh, speaking of good wins, as I said, twenty six twelve last Friday night in the C grade yourselves over a Wobbicle. They were one of the early pace setters. They've had a couple of bumps. Um, what were your thoughts on the game on Friday night? Uh, yeah, we, we for the first time this year, we started really strong. And um, we sort of we blew them off the park to start the game. And it was 26 nil at half time. And then we just, I think we lost our whole bench and played the whole, oh, I think we had one on the bench for the whole second half. So, um, yeah, I didn't score another point. But luckily we scored enough in the first half to, um, get the get the win and only hold them to twelve was I was pretty happy with that as well. Our middle burnt out pretty heavily, but um, yeah, I think I think we um, obviously did enough to get the win. Yeah, mate, uh, obviously did that, and uh, you know it comes on the back of some other other good results um, leading into that for for yourselves over you know overall a big win the week before over Kersley, so starting to find a little bit of form. Uh, obviously, some injuries. Being a little bit of a concern, mate, uh, yourself included. That was sort of the, the hint at the deathbed reference just before. Yeah, I've, um, I've I've done my ankle somehow. I don't think ankles are meant to carry this much weight, but um, I've, oh, yeah, we've got a few other boys out with shoulders and all that sort of stuff, and they all they all seem to happen in the same game. You lose three or four blokes in the same game, but um, the boys we've got that we've got coming into the side are more than capable to to take over and get us going forward. Um, just on that game against Kersley, that was that was just one of those games where everything went right for us and everything went wrong for them. They're, they're a very good side, and that score definitely didn't reflect the way that they played at all. But um, yeah, it was good. it was a good confidence booster for us coming off the back of two losses to Woodbury and Westwall's End. Yeah, yeah, it's it's certainly one of those competitions that appears looking through the results, and I, I haven't been able to catch too many games. I did see you guys in your first hit out when you were in the Southern Conference and took on Cardiff, but it appears now in that C grade competition that it's very much about who turns up on the day, and and some of the score lines might be a little bit flattering at different points. And you know that was probably no better exemplified than in, in one of the other games on the weekend where previously undefeated West Walls End went down eighteen eight to. Walls and Maryland, and I mean Walls and Maryland hadn't quite set the uh, world on fire in the early round, so um, just shows though that you really just need to be turning up at one hundred percent, otherwise you are every chance of getting rolled uh, in any fixture in this C grade comp. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we played um, we played Westie round three or round four, I think, and they they got a really good side. Their forward back's really good, um, and they're I guess the captain coach plays five eight. He's a he's awesome at directing them around the park. Um, but yeah, they, they blew off the park in the first 15 minutes. I think they scored three tries in 15 minutes and then we sort of just ground out 
And the last 68 minutes was 12 all, I think. So we sort of got it back into the grind, but they just they did enough to get the win early. Yeah, they certainly have been strong in some of their starts in a few of the games. The other results last week, uh, we had Hamilton, the Ducks, who you guys had some absolute ding-dong clashes with last year. 28-10, they got up over Fingal Bay. And as you said, Kersley turned things around. Not quite enough to get the win, but uh, they uh, kept Woodbury right in the arm wrestle, going down 22-16 at home. The final match of the round uh, was Katara playing East Maitland. Katara flying reasonably high. East Maitland sort of a little under the radar and uh, looks like defence might have been optional at Hudson Park, mate. 42-34, uh, plenty of tries and uh, not much tackling by the sound of it. Yeah, actually, because we played Friday night, that was two of the sides that I hadn't seen yet. And um, me and the wife ducked over there on Saturday to watch it. And, yeah, defence was definitely optional. But um, both, both, attack, like both sides' attack was, was pretty good. Um, they both both got massive forward packs, really good nines. Um, they're pretty strong across the park, really. I'm not sure how why Maitland's so low going off the game on Saturday. They're uh, they tend to be a really a really tough structured side, so I'm sure they'll be there Come around September. I'm sure they'll be there somewhere. Yeah, looking at the results we've seen so far, and we'll have a quick run through the ladder now, mate. It, um, there's not a whole lot separating all the teams. I mean, Hamilton's probably a good example. They've only got the uh, the two wins to their their credit on the ladder here, sitting in eighth, and uh, yet they're only you know two wins behind you in third. So there's not a lot separating all the teams. Everyone's got at least one win to their name. But we've got West Wales End and Katara both on ten points. Uh, yourselves, Awabakul and Woodbury all on eight points. You've got the uh, juiciest of the four and against, largely thanks to that Kersley win, and obviously um, the the first result you had in the Southern Conference against Cardiff. Uh, we then go back to Fingal Bay and Walls and Maryland on six. Hamilton on four, East Maitland and Kersley on two. So, uh, as we said, it really is on your day. If you can turn up and, you know, put a couple of weeks together, I think we'll quickly see, you know, an East Maitland or a Hamilton or even a Walls and Maryland based on what we saw last week potentially sneak up and it's going to be a ding-dong battle sort of coming into those final three or four rounds uh, for those top five spots. Yeah, definitely. I think Hamilton, from what I've seen, obviously their first year they won the comp. Last year they were pretty red outside. They, um... They they derailed, derailed our season coming in the, or in the semis. So um, I think they just, from what I've seen the last two years, they're just a bunch of young kids who just never stop. They're there for 80 minutes. They never go away. And if you let your guard down for five minutes, they'll quickly chuck two tries on you if they feel like it. So Yeah, they, they, are, they are a side that can sort of attack from anywhere. They've lost a few of their key players from, from the last couple of years. We had uh, their captain coach. Uh, it uh, must be a C-grade pattern, these front row captain coaches, mate. There should be more of it. Um he was on the show, Jack, the other week, and he was sort of talking about that, losing a few of their key uh, strike backs. And, I mean, they haven't been that far away against a few sides. They took took it to Shortland um, in round two, and then Shortland have gone up, and they're taking all comers in B grade. Uh, they've got Pitt by Wobbacle by two, Woodbury by four, um, and then Katara by 12. So by no means have they been uh, disgraced in their losses and then a, a good win against a strong Fingal Bay side. They'll have their work cut out for them. This weekend, and we'll kick off this week's preview with them uh, travelling out to Les Wakeman Oval to take on West Walls End, mate. Uh, they're going to have a tough one there, Hamilton, but if they can turn up all guns firing and, as we talked about, get, get out of the gates, then uh, they're every chance of uh, mixing it with West Walls End, but uh, it's going to be that forward pack there, the Yonke boys and uh, Ryan Jackson up front that are going to lay the platform for West Walls End. Yeah, the um, yeah Westies middle, they're two starting front rowers and their lock of just... They... They run the ball so hard and they hit like hammers, all three of them. Um, especially the big, the big front row that wears a headgear. I can't, I'm not sure of his name, but yeah, he, that's, um, that's Ryan Jackson, I think. Yeah, he shortened a few of our boys up 
when we played them. Um, and then you got, uh, is it Kai? Yep. The eight? Yep. Um, he, yeah, like he played, he would have played nearly 70, uh, probably 80 minutes and he was just quality for 80 minutes. Um, but I think if Hamilton can sort of play a bit of off-the-cuff sort of footy and just roll through the middle quickly, they'll, um, they might be able to get him. So, It'd be an interesting one, mate. Uh, can we draw you into a tip on it? Who are you tipping here? Is it going to be Westy at home or can you see Hamilton getting the upset? Uh, no, I'll, I'll tip Westy at home. All right, lovely, mate. Uh, the next one up is the side that you got the victory against on Friday night. They've had uh, a nice eight-day turnaround. They play a Saturday home game the first time this year. They haven't kicked off with a Friday night fixture. A Wobbacool, and they take on East Maitland, who you had a look at on Saturday, mate. Um, have East Maitland got enough points in them to, to run down a Wobbacool, or do you think a Wobbacool will be too strong through the middle? No, East Maitland's got plenty of points in them. Um, just where I can match the physicality of Wobbacool, because their, their physicality is just incredible. <laughs> um, a couple of big queries. I was in that side that, yeah, just very, very physical. But I'll, um, I'll probably tip East Maitland to get the win there after what I saw on Saturday. Mate, the, da- the danger man for a Wobbacool uh, is, is a bloke by the name of Jason Saban, one of their front rowers he started against you guys last week. I actually refereed him last year in the B-grade competition playing for Waratah. He came off the bench about 20 minutes into the first half, and by halftime he had a hat trick, including a 65-metre effort, which probably by your, by your measures, mate, might disqualify him from being a front rower anymore. Yeah, you're not allowed to do that. That's got to be anything anything over eight metres. If it's, if, it's if it's more than a crash ball, you're not, you're not allowed to play front row anymore. That's what, that's what the second rows are there for, right? Exactly right. And a lock. That's why you need a ball playing lock. Yeah, beautiful, mate. Uh, ne- ne- next up, we've got an interesting one. At, uh, we talked about Walls End Maryland just before. They've been a bit hit and miss. They take on Woodbury. Woodbury have started to find some form, and they're certainly climbing their way up the ladder, as we talked about before. And... Uh, it's an interesting one. As I said, uh, Walls and Maryland sitting a win outside of the top five. If they can get the uh, win here, then they'll pull level with Woodbury. If Woodbury get it, though, that brings them right up into contention for those top few spots. So uh, it's never an easy place to visit. I don't know if you've had the luxury of playing out at the Grange Oval yet, mate, out at Walls and Maryland. The crowds are a bit similar to Woodbury. They're, uh, they've got some unique and uh, feisty locals that uh, will give you plenty of feedback on your playing style. So uh, who do you like here? Is it, is it going to be the Tigers, or do you think the Woodbury Warriors will, will get the win on the road? Um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not too sure, but after um, after the Tigers beating Westy on the weekend, I think oh, I might tip them to um, cause a bit of an upset against Woodbury and, and get the win. Lovely, mate. And the penultimate game of the round now, noting that all games are scheduled at the moment for a three o'clock kickoff on Saturday. Uh, the penultimate game before we get into yours, mate, is Fingal Bay hosting Kersley. That's a bit of a, a road trip for the boys from Kersley, but uh, look, Fingal Bay will be eyeing off the fourth win of the season and again, like Walls and Maryland, trying to sneak into the top five uh, as we push towards the halfway point while Kersley will be uh, hoping to continue their bounce back uh, uh, from that drubbing a couple of weeks ago against yourselves where they took it to Woodbury last week and uh, hoping to get a second win on the road this year. So uh, who are you liking here? Is it going to be the Bombies at home or do you think the Crushers can get the upset on the road? Uh, I think the, the Crushers had a, I think they had a fair few of their, their key boys out when they played against us. Um, and then to take it to Woodbury like they did on the weekend. I know Woodbury's got a big business back. Um, I'll, uh, I'll probably still I'll tip Fingal at home, but I think, I'm not sure if the, if the Crushers will travel too well up the Fingal or not. Yeah, it'll certainly be an interesting one. It's not an easy road trip, mate. Uh, and the final match of the round, and, and, and probably is the match of the round based on ladder positions, it's second versus third. 
Um, obviously, a win for West Walls End and, and a win for Katara here would, would potentially open up a bit of a gap at the top of the ladder. So that'll be something you guys will be aware of. But just getting the two points would probably be crucial with the numbers out that you've talked about, mate. What's the uh, the game plan? You had a peek at them over there at Hudson Oval. It's a it's a nice open space to go and take on next Saturday. And uh, mate, how's it shape up for you? What's going to be the keys here with uh, especially with those players out that you talked about? Um, well, we've got. I think we'll be. I'll be out this week, but um, the, the bloke that's going to come in for me, he only he played his first game last week. He should be. He should be right to go again. Um, he he'll do he'll do more than more than a good enough job, um, and we'll just try hopefully try and roll him through the middle. We've got two really really good nines that if you get a lazy marker, you'll um, you get found out quite badly. Um, and then our, our outside backs are really strong as well. Um, but just a quick shout out to Mitch Morley, who is quite uh, possibly the slowest fullback in the comp. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he'll um, he'll he'll. Thank me for saying that. But, um, yeah, he scored a try against Kersley and it, he ran about 60 metres around our whole team and it seemed like it took about 10 minutes for him to run 60 metres. But um, well, while I'm bagging him, he was he was one of our best last week. He was absolutely amazing against the Bobacool. I have to looking through the, the uh, stats here, mate. You talk about your good outside backs. Uh, Braden Downey with a, a nice uh, hat trick in about 20 minutes. Uh, I'm not sure what he did for the other 60, but uh, got three tries and, and a couple of goals in the, in the first 20 minutes of the game and then pretty much seemed to put his cue in the rack by the sounds of it, mate. No, uh, he actually, he, I think he scored his third try and did his ankle when he scored his third try and didn't play the rest of the game. But um, yeah, he plays plays in the centres and he's just, he's tough as any. He's actually a halfback. He played halfback for us last year, but um, he had to go work away in Queensland and we signed a young 20-year-old, well, he's 21 this year, a halfback, Troy James. Um, he's taken over and I push Braden to the centres. He's just a big body. He's physical as anything. He's fast. He's just exactly what you want in a centre. And he's got unbelievable ball playing skills as well because he's a halfback as well. So, it's a not, not nice asset to have out in the centres, mate. Um, I'm going to have to send dairy farmers out, I think, to sponsor you guys by the sound of all these ankles going. Uh, might need a bit uh, bit more calcium in the diets out at Morissette, mate. Yeah, well, actually, I, I gave all the boys shit on um, after the Awobical game. Once we lost our whole bench and said that our team was made out of paper mache, and I think it's just a bit of karma for me, Heckle, and my own teammates that I'm meant to feel full of confidence, and I'm I'm putting them down, and then I get injured. So. Yeah, good leadership there, Reese, mate. Um, just you yeah, know, you know, keeping them in check, though, making sure the egos don't get too carried away with it with a good win, I suppose. Yeah, yeah that's exactly right. You've got to try and try and keep them grounded. The last two years, we sort of got a bit of a head of ourselves, and just missed missed two grand finals in a row. So try and keep everyone's heads on. On track and yeah, yeah, lovely mate. And uh, obviously, uh, what, what's the? I guess you know you, you being that one of the uh, cogs there in the four pack. Do we have a bit of an idea on, on what we're expecting in terms of when, when you're aiming to be back, mate? Uh, I'm I'm a pretty pretty selfish and not a very bright person, so I'll probably only miss a week and then just deal with the pain after next week um, and get get abused by the wife for a few weeks while I'm sitting at home complaining about my ankle. Even though it's fully self-inflicted, so. mate, I'll, I'll give you I'll give you one just piece of advice. Looking at the draw ahead, mate, um, you've got Katara this week, Fingal, then you've got a week off. So you know, maybe maybe two weeks. It's actually three without uh, with the long weekend might, might be worth considering. But you know, I'm not here to tell you how to coach or, or manage your relationship yeah, no, at home because trust me, I'm no good at that either. I am. Um, <laughs> yeah, I can't I can't sit on sidelines if I if I don't play two weeks in a row, I'll, I won't be there for the second game because I'll just get too itchy and put the boots on and hook someone. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. so, sounds familiar to my uh, very brief playing career, mate. Uh, fortunately, I just take up the whistle now and I can do that on one leg the, uh, at the pace I run anyway, mate. You've seen that uh, plenty last year. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> no, lovely, mate. Well, all the best for this weekend. Hopefully the boys can get the win over the Bears. It'll be an absolute cracker. And if anyone is around, uh, whether you're a Bulls fan, a Bears fan, or just a footy fan in general, get down to Hudson Park, uh, get a few blue cans in there into you, and uh, feel free to give Reese some feedback on the sideline or, or any of the boys out there, including the uh, the world's slowest fullback that we're told that uh, will be on display. So, mate, all the best for your boys this weekend. Good luck, and uh, hopefully we'll catch up with uh, yourself or one of the other boys later in the season uh, when Morris are going on another charge and hopefully going a couple of wins better in 2021 to the last couple of years. Yeah, too easy, mate. I appreciate having me on. Um, just want to say quickly, this um, this thing you're doing is awesome. This platform that you created to to cover all the grades and all the different comps and that is um, I listen to it every week and it's just awesome. So I just want to say thanks for thanks for putting your time and effort into it. No worries at all, mate. As you know, and over our many discussions over the last couple of years, I'm an absolute footy tragic. I love it. Uh, I think I get as much out of it as people do listening, but I do appreciate the kind words, mate. So thanks again, and we'll talk to you uh, later in the season. Not a problem, too easy. All right, it's now that time of the show where we delve into the results and fixtures of the Denton Engineering Cup, the Newcastle Rugby League, the President's Cup North, the competition of many names, and we're fortunate enough uh, to have a guest on from the ladder-leading Central Newcastle Butcher Boys, um, and we haven't had to scrape the bottom of the barrel and go for Tim Christie this time around. We've uh, splashed the budget uh, and managed to get his superstar fullback, none other than Cameron Spider-Anderson. Cam, thanks for joining us on the show, mate. No worries, an absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me. Mate, uh, as we talked about just off air, you know, as recent central guests, I was going to say stars, but guests have been. You don't have a high bar to pass there, mate. Uh, in your uh, in your left left flanker, do you? Uh, he is. Um, he's a great. He's a great attribute to the club. We go, we pick him up, and he's a lot of fun as well. And I've, I've listened to a few podcasts, though, and he does really well on the mic. So I think I've got bigger big shoes to fill here. All right, mate. I, I, I like the positive positive attitude about your teammate, mate. Um, and certainly, well, yeah, he's never short of a thing to say. That's for sure. That might be that might be what I can say about him. But he's always very happy. And mate, uh, when I messaged him last night uh, and said, "Hey, mate, can you get one of the boys teed up?" He was he was straight on it. I'm sure he's a little disappointed that he didn't get the invite. But uh, he is. Yeah, you're right. He's, he's good value as much stick as as you know I and uh, the, the other podcast uh, guests that we have, and, and undoubtedly most of you and your clubmates give him. He's got a pretty thick skin, does Timmy? He does. He's done really well on the left wing for us. Um, you know, it wasn't his, his first choice of position and we needed someone to fill the spot and he put his hand up and he's been going well each week. And, um, you know, hopefully this week here we'll, we'll see him get a crack in the centres and try and make that position his own, which will be good. He'll be very excited about that, Will Young, Tim. So I'm sure he'll take that opportunity with both hands. But, mate, let's, let's talk a bit more broadly about Central and... Uh, you know, Phil's obviously got you guys firing on all cylinders. You know, there was some talk about some of the signings in the preseason that you've added to bolster to what was already a really solid core of a squad. Uh, and you know, you had the likes of Tim, who obviously he did sign two years ago, and now he's you know finally come across after all the the bumps and bruises we had during COVID. Twenty twenty was a tough year, but twenty twenty one, you've finally got um, got it. Looks like you finally got it all together, and you're sitting in a pretty good spot as we approach the midway point of the comp. Yeah, the first half of the season's been really kind to us. Um, I think it comes a little bit higher than the coaching staff. It definitely starts with the club itself and the committee. They do a really good job um, getting us in the right headspace and providing us with the right, I don't know, I guess, um, culture moving forward and the coaching staff buy right into that um, 
Phil and his team, Bossa, Gilly, um, and the lights that hang around. Um, they're doing a really good job there. Helping us moving forward, they're really clearing our goals and you know doing a little bit into what individualised coaching around the the sessions. So yeah, it's been really nice to start the year like this. Certainly has, mate. Um, probably not the, the the perfect start in round one, going down narrowly to Wyong down there in what was probably a pretty scrappy game for both sides. But to string seven on the trot off the back of that, um, you know, and then shape that up for what is an absolutely epic clash, which we'll get into this weekend, a bumper clash this weekend. Um, yeah, you'd have to say, I'm, I'm guessing Phil's reasonably happy, but I'm sure he's uh, looking for a few other areas of improvement yet if uh, you're to go all the way this year. Yeah, there's always places we can we can improve. We speak about it as a playing group um, as well as with the coaches. Uh, I, I guess moving forward, we need to put in a more solid 80-minute performance, and we speak about that a lot. You know, we're, we're really good in patches, and then in other patches we um, tend to switch off a little bit or you know go away from our structure and our play. And I think Wyong down there, you know, they gave us a really good eye-opener into what this season was going to be about. You know, no easy games, have to turn up week after week. And, you know, you've got to put your best foot forward. Otherwise, you know, you can end up being pipped at the post. So, Yeah, exactly right, mate. And, and that's probably a good segue. Like, we talk about no easy games. And if you, if you look back at the score lines from the scoreline from last weekend, you'd probably think that, you know, you guys did that in, you know, in a bit of a canter. But... I mean, the game was, was probably still well in the balance. If we go as far as, you know, the 60-odd minute mark, I think it was 18-10 uh, until uh, uh, well, probably the mid-50 minute marks. And then Mitchie Williams got across for the first of his three. But at that point, you know, had Mitch not scored and, and Lake scored that next one, it would have absolutely been on. And then you just, you know, obviously put the foot on the accelerator in that last 25 minutes. Yeah, it was, it, it was a little bit closer than we would have liked um, come that 25-minute mark to go. You know, who else to look to than Mitchie Williams coming off the bench, um, always sniffing around. And it was good to see him get across the stripe three times on the weekend. Um, I guess that's one for the memory bank and something that doesn't happen too often for him. So hopefully he enjoyed that. Yeah, it's not... Um, Lakes... Sorry. Go on, mate. You're yeah, right. You're Lakes, far away. <laughs> Lakes, Lakes definitely turned up on the day and they, they gave us a run. And just luckily there with 25 minutes to go, it started to click and we got a few calls go our way. And yeah, we got home with it, which was good. Yeah, certainly, certainly one one for the uh, for the scrapbook, as you said, Mitch Williams, uh, a second rower coming off the bench, getting a hat trick. Uh, one that stood out for me was the one that he scored. I think it was back off the inside ball from yourself, mate. He looked like a uh, agile fullback. He might be uh, auditioning for your role, mate. He's been learning a few trips tricks from uh, from your highlight reels. Yeah, he had some spring in the boots come Tuesday um, at the session. After that one, there he was a live wire training, pushing up on the inside of anyone that had the ball, just looking for that fourth. I think, but we try, we try to tell him that. The tries at training don't count. Um, it was it was good. it was good to see, good to be a part of as well. And you know, if you hear Mitchie's voice screaming on the inside, you've got to give it out of respect. So why not? Yeah, I love it, mate. Let's let's have a quick look at the other games from the weekend. Uh, uh, Cessnock having a win, twenty eight twenty two over the entrance. Curry twenty four sixteen over Souths. Maitland and Macquarie played out a 20-18 to 18 victory to Maitland and probably the surprise a little bit for some, but, you know, if you've seen much of West playing this year, they haven't been that far away, but for them to go down to Wyong and get the win, we just talked about how tough it was for you guys round one to go down there. Uh, that's certainly a good result and, again, just probably epitomises what you are talking about before that, you know, if, if you turn up on any given day and the other the opposition's just a little bit off, um, then, then, they, then you can certainly be up for the two points no matter whether you're coming first, fifth or tenth. Yeah, I completely agree. It was good to see. Um, you know, some of the results come through on the weekend. 
it, like you said, it proves that you know no game's easy and it can go either way. And you know, a lot of I've got a lot of respect for some of the boys there at West. I know they're trying hard each week, so it was good to see them um, get the two points down there. Yeah, I certainly think it won't be the last win they chalk for the season uh, when you've got the likes of, you know, Ben Stone and even Stevie Witters at fullback, who's been really impressive for mine in a couple of games I have seen them play. Uh, yeah, they've got plenty of talent there and, and certainly they'll threaten a few other sides uh, as they head on and they'll have their tails up this week uh, as we do look ahead, mate. But uh, let's just have a, a quick peek at the ladder and obviously it looks pretty pretty nice for yourself. Central sitting top of the ladder on 14 points. Maitland and Cessnock on 12, the Scorps on 10, the Entrance and Wyong on 8 in equal 5th place, Curry on 6, West Lakes and Souths all on 2 points. So at this stage, if anyone can string together a few wins, even those three sides have only got the one win to their belt and we saw what Lakes could offer on the weekend and West getting their first win. Um, yeah, the finals picture is still well and truly open, That those top five berths. Yeah, at, at the moment, you know, no one sits certain. Um, anyone... Anyone in any position, you know, once you get into that five, everyone knows that you're just as good as a chance as a person sitting at top, um, as well as fifth. You know, you might have taken a harder route, but you know, footy's all about playing with your mates. And if you get into that semi-final football, it's a completely different ball game. So, all the best to all the teams moving forward. Yeah, certainly is, mates. And and you've had a look at two of those other sides that are in the top four in the last three weeks uh, in terms of Cessnock and Macquarie leading into that Lakes game. Um, you certainly know that uh, they're, they're probably both going to improve just as you will heading into the finals and heading into that back end of the season. So I'm assuming alongside this week's opponents, Maitland, they're two of the sides that you've kind of got a little bit of an eye on while you know predominantly focusing on, on what it is that you guys can build into the second round of the season? Yeah, personally, I like like versing um, any club we come up against. But as a club, we've definitely got our... We know who's the benchmark of the comp and we know what teams we need to try and set ourselves to um, if we are going to progress into September footy this year. So, you know, last, just before the buy round going out at Toronto and, and versing them, we learned a lot about ourselves um, as well as about them and moving in this week against Maitland. Um, so they're really looking forward to the challenge and yeah, seeing what they can put up to, towards us and hopefully we can go with them for a bit. Yeah, so certainly be great for the club. And, mate, we were talking off air before. You've been at Central for a number of years, I think around the nine years at the, that you said before. Is it, has there been much talk over the last couple of years, certainly as Central's grown in that time and become much more of a consistent force, I guess, in, in the Newcastle Rugby League about the fact that, you know, we, we are now looking at, I think it's up to about a 72-year drought since, since Central were last there and what it would mean to the club to be able to break that first-grade premiership drought? Yeah, that, that's always been in the back of the mind um, ever since I came through the grades. You know, coaches, players, um, committee members, people that just come to the ground, everyone kind of speaks about it and is in the back of everyone's mind. But we're not really caught up on that this year. We're just trying to put our best foot forward. We're trying to gel together as a team and just enjoy our footy and play for each other. What happens, happens. And, you know, we look forward to turning up each week and trying to walk away with the two points firstly. Yeah, certainly, and, and, I'm, and I'm guessing at this point, you know, obviously there's a number of those droughts that can be broken alongside that. You know, it's nearly 50 years, uh, so nearly 60 years, I think, since the last grand final appearance in first grade, minor premierships, all those sorts of things. So I'm sure there's lots of little celebrations along the way, but as it, as it stands now, I'm sure the focus is firmly on Sunday afternoon and, and what a big test that represents, and, and we'll jump to that in a moment, mate. But we might quickly run through the other four games for this weekend and uh, just get your thoughts on those. You've seen all the other sides but Maitland so far this year, so um, I'd be interested just to get your thoughts as, as we have a look at, ahead. So the first is, is the one Saturday game, and it is third versus fourth as the Cessnock go in as 
travel down to take on Macquarie. And you saw Macquarie at home only a couple of weeks ago. They are a very impressive side to take on there. You managed to get the two points in what's not an easy trip. Um, they welcome back Joe Woodbury and Andy Sumner, uh, while Cessnock bringing Cameron King. So both sides well and truly bolstered. But who do you think will get the two points here, mate? Oh, it, it could go either way, this one. They're both two really competitive teams. They've both got, um, they've both got their own strengths and they play to them really, really well. Uh, going off last week and, and Toronto maybe just getting getting um, beaten by the narrow two points against Maitland, I'm sure they're going to have a lot of hunger and getting Sumner back and, and Woodbury on the side, you know, going to strengthen them a little bit. So, uh, you know, if I had to lean towards one, it, it might be Toronto, but I would be surprised if Seth not go for it because they've been outstanding this year and um, we definitely see them as one of the powerhouses in the comp and, you know, we're trying to we're trying to stick to the kind of level of footy that they're setting. So either way, I guess. Yeah, it'll certainly be an interesting one. It is the only Saturday game, so I wouldn't be surprised to see a few interested spectators from some of the other clubs out there. And might be interesting for mine just to see how Macquarie, they've obviously had the other, you know, in, in this three-week stretch, they've played all of the top, the, the other three top four sides that are currently sitting there. So uh, Steve Kidd will have a really good measuring stick at the midway point of, of how exactly they are sitting Mate, uh, we'll move on to the next one, and, and it is last week's opponents, Lakes, and they host the Curry Bulldogs. Lakes, uh, they'll certainly be eyeing this one off as an opportunity for their second win, and they'd love to get one in front of their home fans on Sunday afternoon. But Curry, I mean, you can never write off a side, especially when they bring in, how's this for uh, three ins? Brock Gilmore, Frank Paul Nuasala, and Mitch Cullen. So that's some absolute ability coming in. Uh, they do lose Nathan Ross as one of their outs, unfortunately, but um, you'd certainly, certainly think, both sides will be sniffing about to uh, add to what has probably not been as fruitful season as they would have liked to have had at this point. Yeah, it only takes um, one win to kickstart a little run, like you were saying earlier. So both teams are going to be pretty hungry. You know, personally, I'm glad I'm not going up against a few of those boys returning for their sides because you know they're always tough to run it. And personally, I try to stay right away from them and not get caught up there in the middle. Um, I think Lakes aren't too far away from from a win. They were really, really good to start the game last week as we already discussed so um, I think maybe just the ins for, for Curry are going to be a little bit too strong and put an extra stride in a few of the players that have been playing out those boys um, throughout this, the year or throughout the season Yeah I, I don't doubt that Robbie Payne's really talked to them about being able to execute at that same level they did for the first 55 if they can put 80 minutes together like that they will mix it with absolutely anyone Lakes but as you say Curry with some, some good ins there Next up, and this one's an interesting one for, for mine. It's the entrance. They'll host West down at uh, Edsac Oval. And obviously we saw West get their first win on the Central Coast. They head back down to the Central Coast this weekend. The entrance went down narrowly to Cessnock. And they've probably been a little bit out of form the last couple of weeks, the Tigers. And uh, uh, look, both sides are pretty consistent from last week. But it'll be an absolutely cracking clash down there at Edsac. Uh, what are your thoughts here, mate? Yeah, entrance will be hungry to try and get another two points and try. Uh, I'm not sure if they're in the top five, but if they're not, they'll be trying to get straight back into that top five and try and cement themselves in there. And West, you know, like we're talking about off air, they're only going to get a spring in their step now, um, getting their two points last week. So I think they'll be going down there with another point to prove um, and representing it. So. And, mate, uh, while we're on the entrance, I have to give a special mention to, uh, and I'll probably pronounce his name wrong, but Tim Nawakatabu who uh, is one of their uh, front row slash forward rotations off the bench, who, mate, is the only forward in the top 10 for try scorers, mate. So he's, he's putting the pressure on the uh, outside backs like yourselves because if you finish behind the uh, top scoring prop for the year, I don't think that's what you want to be doing as an outside back. 
<laughs> no, no. My, our jobs on the outside backs are definitely to take a few tough carries, but uh, we've got to finish off all the hard work from the middle. So, yeah, that'll be on the radar for a few boys, no doubt. Yeah, certainly will. Uh, there's some work to be done for those that are chasing down the leaders, the likes of Perry LeBrock, who's playing for Maitland, has been on absolute fire. Uh, the penultimate game of the weekend is South Newcastle taking on Wyong. I'm sure that uh, Mitch Williams, the uh, the non-hat-trick scoring variety, the hooker and captain coach of the Wyong Roos, will uh, have Wyong absolutely fired up after uh, what would have been a disappointing result for them, and they won't want to go uh, 0 from 2 against uh, a couple of the sides that are currently sitting down the uh, in the tail of the ladder, mate. Yeah, they'll come up with a point to prove. Um, and like you said, they'll be fire and ready to go. So, yeah, I, I agree with you there. Lovely, mate. In the final match of the round, I, I know who you'll be tipping here, but uh, it is yourselves taking on Maitland and uh, there's a couple of ins into an extended squad for yourselves, uh, including Mr. September, mate. Brad Murray coming back in, Jack Kelly also coming in and Lachlan Milton in the extended squad. So um, certainly be interesting. You, you gave a hint before that Tim Christie might be having a bit of a run in the centres, but... Uh, what else can we expect from Central? What's going to be the key to taking on uh, an absolutely star-studded Maitland side that we saw what they did last year? They've lost a few players from there, but they've really carried on. And, I mean, essentially, yes, they sit two points behind you at the moment, but they do have a game in hand. Yeah, it, we're, we're sitting equal if you look at it like that. Um, you know, at the moment, we're going into this round, you know, the way we finished last game, so we're feeling, feeling fresh. You know, a lot of cohesion in the club as well. Um, I think it's going to be a really big test for not only after the whole team, but the middles, it's going to be a test for us outside back. We know Maitland are clinical. They're definitely the benchmark, and we we want to try and match it with them, stick with them, and, yeah, see what they've got to offer. You know, with the likes of Lamb and O'Donnell in the half, they're going to be really, really clear in where they're getting to on the field. They're all going to know their roles. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be a good challenge. We look forward to it, and it'll be interesting to see what happens at Sunday at about 5.30. It'll certainly be um, an absolute cracker to watch there at St John. Hopefully you can get an even bigger crowd than you've had for those last couple of home games. But it'll certainly be worth, worth the price of admission. And I'm not just saying this because you're on here, mate, but I'm really looking forward to the the one six seven battle, which is yourself versus Jaram Haynes, both really good broken field runners who can attack from anywhere on the park. As you talked about before, you know, Walsh v Lamb, just the NRL experience between the two of those guys. And then, you know, Dylan Pithian and Chad O'Donnell, Two different styles of five eights, but both in their own right in absolute cracking form so far this season. So um, both sides have got plenty of points in them. We've, we talked about Perry LeBrock. Uh, he and James Bradley are both up there in terms of the uh, leading try scorers. Yourself, you're on that list. And I know TC's looking at that top 10 list and uh, trying, to, trying to crawl his way back on there. So he'll be looking for a big game. He likes to step up against the big opposition as well. Yeah, and we've got that secret weapon coming off the bench um, looking for another hat-trick, so... You know, yeah, try scoring everywhere off the bench for Central. <laughs> well, mate, he's, he's um, yeah, he's, he's three three tries for the season, and and all of those scored in about twenty five minutes last week. So that might be the key yeah. this week uh, for Phil to consider. But mate, yeah, as you say, it'll be absolutely like everywhere you look. There's there's you know star quality. You know, you've got the middles as you talked about Butterfield, Taylor, and Anderson for them. We've seen what Junior and Kurt did, and obviously Big Wits coming off the bench is an absolute wrecking ball. Um, so yeah, there's plenty to watch, and and yeah, I mean, I don't think you get better value for your for your price admission anywhere else for some entertainment this weekend. So all the best of luck, mate. Big thank you for your time uh, this evening, and uh, we look forward to hopefully catching up with you boys later in the season and uh, seeing you chalk off a few more milestones and uh, dragging the blue and whites all the way up the ladder and hopefully deep into the finals. Yeah, well that's that's the goal. So we appreciate that, and uh, thanks for having me on. Go the Butcher Boys.
And we're back with our fourth and final segment of this week's episode of League Castle. And again, I'm joined by the man who we kicked off the show with, our stats guru and uh, NRL. Oh, I was going to say guru, but neither of us have exactly been knocking our tips out of the park in, re- in recent weeks and months. So we'll just say NRL, uh, NRL enthusiast. Uh, Josh Spiegelman, welcome back to the show, mate. Let's, let's see if we can tip some winners, eh? Thanks, mate. I'll just note that uh, I did actually get a full round the week I wasn't on the show, if anyone believes me. Yeah. <laughs> so, sounds, one week. Sounds, sounds plausible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah lovely, mate. Um, well, let, let's get into it, mate. We kick off Thursday night. It is the second-placed Storm. And, again, I, I, I will apologise in advance. With it being Indigenous round, I'm going to try and uh, include their Indigenous uh, areas they represent. So the Wurundjeri travelling up to take on the Broncos who are representing the Yuggera and Turbul um, regions. So, mate, they're sitting 15th, the Broncos. They had a good win last week. Uh, it was great to see my former school teammate. Admittedly, I was in year 12 and he was in year 7 when he was in our open side. Albert Kelly uh, firing for Suncorp, uh, for the Broncos against the Roosters, sorry. Um, and this one's up at Suncorp. But do you give them any chance of going back-to-back and taking down the Storm? Mate, I give them about a $7 chance, according to Sportsbet. I can't see them winning this, mate. Uh, I saw Christian Welsh got ruled out tonight as well for the Storm, piling on their injuries there. But they're just too classy, mate. They run out folks that haven't seen the light of day for months, and then they come out and they flog people. So, got to tip the Storm. Yeah, I, I think I probably would have given the Broncos more hope if they didn't have to recall Anthony Milford. But I'm with you. I think the Storm <laughs> will get this one done. He's just... Yeah, you, you can't take him too seriously when he's uh, he's out there. But, um, mate, we'll move on to the Friday night early game, and it is at the home of the Walguru Kaaba Peoples at Queensland Country Bank Stadium in Townsville, and they host the Aotearoa Warriors representing their Indigenous heritage. Uh, the Warriors' slight favourites in this one, but they're two teams that it's hard to really get a consistent and solid form line over more than one or two weeks at a time. Yeah, it is, mate, but I'm going to go the Warriors here just from team news. Jason Pumlow off for the Cowboys this week, suspended, and Reese Walsh, what a superstar, mate. What an absolute superstar. Some of those balls last week were, I'll say, Joey-esque. You can obviously move quicker than him, but that vision to the wingers was fantastic. Well, he can move quicker than him because he's not carrying around a size 44 caboose, mate. That's the biggest thing. So <laughs> I'll, tell, I'll tell you what, um, as, he, as he gets a couple of years older and a bit more experience, and if he keeps hitting his straps like he is, Reese Walsh, with a face like that, you're going to have to lock up your daughters, lads, over in New Zealand. That's for sure. He's a, he's a good-looking rooster, is Reese Walsh, and uh, can play the football to match it. So he's a double threat, and yeah, I think he'll uh, he'll be part of the ninth-place Warriors getting over the tenth-place Cowboys up there in Townsville. Uh, we'll move on to the next one, and it is the seventh-place seventh-placed Dragons travelling to Bankwest Stadium, which is the home of the Baramatagal people. And both the Dragons and the West Tigers are representing the Darawa, while the Dragons represent the Ewan and the West Tigers represent the Eora Nation. Uh, mate, uh, the Tigers are favourites in this one. Again, hard to get a read on the form of either of these sides. And I'm pretty sure this is deja vu. It was only a couple of weeks ago we sort of talked about this game and we were in the same sort of spot where we just went, like, we don't dare tip either side, but you don't really want to tip against either side either, confidently. Mind a tip of draw for this game going forward, mate, because the Tigers give me anxiety every time I have to tip them. I'm going to go with them again here. I mean, it's just happened too many times, them letting me down. So to pound a win when I tip them eventually, mate, they're $1.50 favourites on Sportsbet and other bookies. So 
I'm going to ride with the Tigers this week. In, in recent times, anxiety is uh, a common and, and natural state for you and I as Raiders and Knights fans, but we'll get to them in a moment. And I'm just going to get, I'm going to go with the Dragons for no other reason than just to be different to you. Um, I've got I've got no no other legitimate reason to tip aside. So we'll move we'll move on to Saturday, the early game, and it is the, uh, the at Bluebet Stadium out there in Penrith, the home of the Darug people. Uh, Penrith obviously representing the Darug. The Bulldogs are representing the Bidjigal uh, Nation. So an interesting stat I saw looking through the odds yesterday, the Panthers to win by 50 or more are paying $5, while the Bulldogs to win it all are paying $21. So what that tells me, you know, for those that aren't as mathematically minded, there is four times as much chance of the Panthers winning by 50 or more than there is of the Bulldogs winning this game. So that that, that was enough for me to pick my tip, and I'll be uh, going in on the Panthers to win this game. At the big yeah, price mate. of $1. $1, line 35 and a half. I'm just going to throw in a really nice stat here. Uh, this season, 2021, it's the fourth season ever in the whole history of the game where a 20-point gap between first and last on the ladder was established in the first 11 rounds. The last one, 95, and then uh, 1966 and 1934. So that shows you the discrepancy a bit in the comp this year, but also obviously between Penrith and the Dogs and shows you why the line is 35 and a half. So, you know, Penrith all the way in this one, mate, if you want to make a cent on your dollar. Yeah, it's it's, it's pretty scary to see how far adrift uh, everyone else is of Penrith and then the Bulldogs are of everyone else. There's four-point gaps at both ends of the table, which doesn't help. Another interesting stat that I heard during the week was not since the uh, escalation of four-point tries has a team more than a third of the way through the season still average less than eight points a game. And if you rationalise it out, I think they worked out if you had four-point tries back in those days, no team has ever at this point in the season, barring one year that the St George Dragons were on that run in the, of the 11 titles straight, had at the third or halfway point of a season, um, as is relative, less than eight points equivalent scored against them. So basically they are one of the two best defensive sides ever in the first part of a season. Yeah, that's crazy, mate. I mean, they're, they're scoring so many points. They don't need a defender as much, to be honest. But, um, you know, mate, they're disciplined across the park so much so that I, I want to pick as many Penrith players for the Blues as I can, to be honest. Yeah, when you look at the average scores at about 35 to 7, it's, um, yeah, it's pretty hard to tip against them, isn't it? So uh, that's both of us on the Panthers. We'll move to the Saturday night game, and it is the uh, Saturday, Saturday evening game, and it will be at Stadium Australia. Uh, home of the Baramatagal peoples and the Rabbitohs representing the Gadigal Nation. Uh, the Eels, funnily enough, the away team representing the Baramatagal people whose home region that is. Um, look, again, these sides, they're sitting third and fourth, but they're not really playing like third and fourth teams in the last uh, last couple of weeks. No, definitely not, mate. South obviously powered up by Penrith as most clubs are these days. Uh, they do get Cameron Murray back this game, though, which I think is a big in because he's going to want to make a push for that blue spot. Now there's a few injuries in that edge and um, around the forward pack. And also Regan Campbell-Gillard's out for the Eels. So I'm going to tip South. I do like South off a big loss for a bit of a bounce-back factor. I think, you know, Wayne Bennett's going to get him fired up for this. And uh, Dylan Brown's still out for the, the Eels as well. So I'm going to lock in the Rabbits here. Yeah, I think I'm going to go south as well, but not with a great deal of confidence. Just on a, on a very random aside, mate. Uh, as you know, before we recorded this evening being Wednesday night, I, I snuck in an A-League fixture and we drove into the car park at Parramatta Leagues Club and the security guard almost waved us through without paying the fee because I was sitting in the passenger seat with my mate and he thought I was Regan Campbell-Gillard. <laughs> the the, 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 the Moe's kicking goals for me. So, yeah, I was like, that's very good. I don't, I don't know if it, if it is that flattering, but I'll take it. 
Yeah, you'll take that, mate. Yeah, yeah. With a headlight behind, you take pretty much any comparison. All right, mate. <laughs> uh, the next one, and this this one makes me nervous. Even though I think the Roosters are fielding their um, their third tier under twelve side, uh, the Roosters representing the Gadigal Nation will take on the Raiders representing the Gunnawal Nation at Central Coast Stadium, the home of the Dark and Young people. So there's a few mouthfuls for me that I've gotten through, but. The Roosters, even with everyone out and everyone suspended, are still the dollar twenty-five favourites against the Raiders, who lost to Williams and replaced him with a Williams. Yeah, mate, uh, I'll leave you to you know go through this match yourself as the Raiders expert. But a lot is has to be wrong in the nation's capital. I mean, you get you get great players back this week, Jack Whiten and also Hodgson, and they lose obviously Victor, who's probably will never see the light of day again in this day and age. And then Angus Crichton as well, so. You know, the team, team news favours yourself, but at $4. And the Roosters are just clinical, mate. They're just well-trained. Well and I, I can't not tip them, even with the players out. Yeah, it's, uh, this, this one's definitely with my heart, not my head. Uh, the George Williams stuff, look, you know, at the end of the day, contracts are hardly worth what they're written on. And we could go on a hour tirade, but we'll leave that for another day and, and maybe for me to, you know, take out some stress on Twitter at another point about, uh, look, my heart's saying the Raiders and I'll take them and... Look, the line's at 11.5. If I could get a juicy 12 about it somewhere and I might have a sniff about that, I might might take some of that. But, uh, you know, it's, it's a weird and wonderful thing when there's, you know, so much up in the air. It's going to do one of two things. The Raiders are either going to band together or fall apart. And the Roosters probably similarly with all those players out. You know, we talked about it. Radley's out. All the injuries they've got. Uh, Cam Murray's also out of action. So... Um, yeah, I, I did. I did hear a, a story that George Williams was actually spotted in Sydney today, so he's probably getting swept under the salary, salary sombrero and thrown thrown <laughs> the keys to a new Ford by Nick Politis or something. Who knows? Um, you know, they they could do with do with someone to run out at five eight after all the ones they've lost, mate. Yeah, they could, mate. But you, you know, even the Roosters have to struggle sometimes. So let's hope that doesn't happen. Yeah, we'll wait and see, mate. We will wait and see. But um, yeah, I'll go the Raiders, but with. A huge, huge scoop of optimism thrown in there to take them. But uh, let's move on up the coast. Uh, Sunday afternoon, 2 o'clock. What a time to be alive in Coffs Harbour at the Coffs International Stadium. The Gumbay, the Gumbay and Gur people, and I'm pretty sure I've got that one wrong, uh, they'll host the Sharks representing the Gweagle uh, Nation and the Titans who are from the Ugamba Nation. So 8th place Titans against the 13th place Sharks. $1.65 favourites on the road. The Titans probably a little bit closer to a home game for the Titans than it is to the Sharks. Uh, just down the road from uh, the home of uh, the home club of the Titans' world's biggest space cadet, Kevin Gordon, mate. Yeah, that definitely, you know, plays a factor into my tip here, which is the Titans, you know, taking away from Sharks, or, well, sorry, nearer Cronulla where they're playing, and also the return of David Fafita for the Titans. Uh, Sean Johnson does come back for the Sharks, but curiously, they've dropped Chad Townsend from the halves, so that's a big call there. See how Moreland goes with Johnson. Yeah, it'll certainly be interesting. Uh, I, I saw a headline the other day saying Fafita returns in Sharks versus Titans, and I didn't think really too much of it at first because I was like, oh, yeah, Andrew Fafita's back in. He's been in and out all year. And then I went, oh, hang on, David Fafita, that does make an impact on the tips. And uh, much to the uh, delight of my better half, I'll be tipping the Titans to get a win here, which probably is bad news for her because it'll probably stop them because I can stop a train at the moment. Uh, speaking of things that can stop a train, the Newcastle Knights will play at the McDonald Jones Stadium, home of the Awabakal people. And, of course, the Knights do represent the Awabakal Nation. The Seagulls representing the Garrigal Nation uh, are $1.25 favourites on the road. Uh, interestingly enough, I was uh, having a chat about this last night with a couple of other footy fiends, and we're talking about the Knights' greatest ever losses to Manly. And I think the record stands at 48-10. to 10. 
is that going to be under threat on Sunday afternoon? Mate, I don't think it is. I, this is the same line, 11 and a half, as your Raiders. And I, I'm pretty confident, well, not pretty confident, but confident enough I get a 12 as well, I might get on that because a bounce back factor at home after the road for a few weeks. Ponga and Best are both back. I think this might be the first game they've played together this year. Maybe one, but I can't remember. Obviously, Pierce is out too. Uh, Blake Green retiring during the week of note as well. It's sad to see, but I think his body was a bit passer. But he's a, I think he's a great clubman, so hopefully he can get a role within the club somewhere. Um, so Phoenix Crossland fills in at half still and man back to um, 5'8". So Manly do get Sirenen back as well. Um, but yeah, at home, I'll be there. Probably my head talking with the line here, but I'm going to yeah, obviously tip Manly, but no, it's on the line. Yeah, look, mate, I'm going to go Manly here to win. I just think, especially with the inexperienced half, inexperienced half pairing, and when I say inexperienced, obviously their combination together. I think the big blessing for the Knights is that Kurt Mann's no longer playing at fullback because uh, that was a disaster. But, um, yeah, look, they're going to have a lot of work cut out for them. I don't doubt they have the ability, and maybe that's our, our, our juicy bet for this week, mate. Uh, the Raiders into the Knights, but if we can get them both plus 12 or 12 and a half, find the $2 lines out there, those... Uh, Lovely, generous bookmakers mm. that do offer them and uh, wrap it up for four dollars. That might be uh, where we where we chuck the uh, lazy lazy tenner each from the uh, from the uh, League Castle account, mate. I think to to wrap up the NRL. What do you think? Yeah, I think that's a good shout, mate. That that return, uh, yeah, yeah. good odds there. Yeah, I mean, if if someone out there does want to become our bookie, we're pr- practically you know just uh, you're, you're running at a, at a massive margin against us at the moment. The way we've been tipping, so giving mate, it away. To, to wrap it up, have you got a first try score in the Knights Seagulls game, mate? Uh, at McDonald Jones, how's it going to go? Um, yeah, let's go. Uh, I think Ruben Garrick over for the first try for Manly. I'll play it safe for the winger. I'm going to go something very different. I don't know why. I just had a look through the team list. And I'm going to go with Carl Lawton starting in the second row for uh, Manly, the former Warrior. He's um, running at best this week, I think. Is he at best side, not too old? Yeah, I think, on yeah I think he will be because uh, Kepi normally plays on that other side. So, uh, uh, best or smash him, mate. Best yeah. smash him. Probably would have been smarter <laughs> to pick anyone running anywhere near an Ari Tuala. But anyway... On to another day, mate. Thank you again for your expert input uh, into the stats and uh, also helping me pull apart the footy. I won't, won't call what we're doing expert input until we start getting a couple of things right, but uh, we have fun doing it, mate, that's for sure. I enjoy each week our, our footy chats and uh, we'll, we'll wrap this one up and uh, be back with more stats and NRL previews for everyone next week, mate. How good, mate. Looking forward to another great week at the Newcastle Rugby League as well. That's fantastic. That brings us to the back end of another episode of League Castle. A uh, big thank you all for tuning in. A big thank you, of course, to our special guests, Cameron Spider Anderson from Central Newcastle Butcher Boys and Reese Ryan, the illustrious captain coach of the Morissette Bulls in the Newcastle and Hunter Community Rugby League C grade competition. Uh, again, thank you for tuning in. And thanks also to our regular stats and NRL guru, Josh Spiegelman, who's been a great asset to the show this season and uh, we certainly look forward to some more insight with him and we look forward to next week having a look to uh, further into the Newcastle Hunter Community Rugby League and the Denton Engineering Cup. We'll be pulling apart a couple of grades next week so make sure you stay tuned uh, for the Newcastle Hunter wrap. Of course we've also got our quarterfinals for the People's Club of the Region happening on our Facebook page. Our first two semi-finalists have been decided with the Stroud Raiders and the Cessnock Goanners going through. Uh, our third uh, semi-finalist is 
up for grabs at the moment, and the fourth one will go up in the coming days. We'll also have uh, our leaderboards for the uh, League Castle Statsman Player of the Year and a number of other bits of content popping up on our social media channel. So make sure, again, to follow our pages with uh, looking at uh, League Castle AUS on Facebook, League Castle AU on Instagram and Twitter. Make sure to subscribe to us on your favourite podcast platform so that you get this in your inbox every week and you'll be able to listen in and not miss a moment of our local footy coverage. And as I said in the intro, if there are bits of coverage you'd like to see or some suggestions or ideas you might have, we are looking at how we can expand what League Castle does in our reach over the coming weeks and months. So... Flick us a message uh, through the social media channels or leadcastleau at gmail.com. And we look forward to hopefully seeing you out at the footy this weekend. Get out and enjoy your local side and uh, just enjoy the great game of rugby league. Pingle barge over. Will he get it down? Yes, he does. There's the premiership. Wilson runs to the line. He's got Buxton with him. It's been put on the toe. It's going to be to try. Joy Jobson's got the try. Window get their second. You're listening to Lead Castle, Newcastle Hunters, Hunters Rugby League.